Chapter Twenty One of David Ransom's Watch by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One: Fitting Things Together. It was nearly three weeks after David Ransom and his daughter had their confidential talk that the experience came for which the talk had helped them to be ready. David Ransom had driven to town in the early morning and brought back the mail. He came into the kitchen with an open letter in his hand, and to his daughter's question, "'Anything for me, father?' answered eagerly. "'Ay, my girl, there is. There's this letter, and I reckon it is for all of you. Come and sit down, mother, and hear the biggest piece of news that we have had for many a day. Who do you think the letter is from?' I knew the writing the minute I laid eyes on it, though I haven't seen it for, I don't know how many years. Let me see if I know it, said Mrs. Ransom, drying her hands while she glanced over her husband's shoulder. Why, it's from— Yes, tis, said her husband in delight. It is from our old pastor, sure enough. You missed knowing him, my girl— and when you hear this letter you will know that you missed a good deal i can't think of his name said mrs ransom and her husband supplied it promptly prescott ray prescott don't you remember you said his mother must have named him after the sunshine he dropped into the first chair he saw and began reading in the eager excited tone in which he conveyed all the information my dear old friend and brother, David Ransom, although you have been often in my thoughts during these many years, I have never before carried out my intention of writing to you. I have now, however, heard such an interesting piece of news concerning you, and it fits so beautifully into an opportunity of mine, that I must hasten to bring the two together. Yesterday I met, quite by accident, as some would say, providentially as you and i believe some old acquaintances of mine the channings of albany and in the course of our comparing notes as to western travel and experience it developed that they had met mrs ransom and yourself and had been guests in your home they gave me a delightful bit of news even that you had a charming daughter in your home and that so fast fly the years she is ready for college think of it I did not know before that I was getting to be an old man. Now for my other bit, to fit into this. Three days ago there came to me the pleasant opportunity of offering a scholarship in my own college, than which there is none better on this round earth, to whomsoever I might elect for that honour, and who is there in all the world that I would like better to introduce there than the daughter of my old friends of sweet and tender memory, mr and mrs ransom david ransom paused to note the effect of his news and also to wipe his eyes and his audience exclaimed the channings said mrs ransom those are the girls who visited at professor berman's and we had them and the minister and his wife to dinner they were nice girls i remember that they took a great fancy to you daughter just to think that one afternoon's visit should have opened a way like this isn't living wonderful said the daughter father the channing girls were from miss bushnell's college ay said david ransom that they were 
her college and his college and our college the very one we settled on long ago and never changed did you ever see a plainer providence than that well let me read on the letter was long and full many questions that those interested might want to ask were anticipated and fully answered it was followed by other letters indeed a brisk correspondence ensued conducted at first on their side by david ransom and later by the child until all details connected with this wonderful opportunity were fully understood and all plans arranged although the girl was troubled with some misgivings and appalled over expenses connected with wardrobe and travel from the first both david ransom and his wife had such calm and triumphant assurance that all was just as it should be that there was really nothing for her but submission david ransom's tones were triumphant and at the same time reverent when he said that it was as clear a case of providence as the brindled cow had been i don't talk out such things very much daughter he said to her one evening when she had come to bid him good night and to give voice to certain anxieties concerning the sacrifices that he and mother were making on her behalf i keep them to mother and me generally because to talk them over seems a little like letting out secrets that were intended to be between us and the heavenly father but seeing you are troubled i am going to tell you that i wasn't out and out surprised by our pastor's first letter i was expecting something that very morning you see we had been praying about it very particular mother and i had we asked heavenly father if he could give us some kind of a notion that you was to go and we both seemed to kind of settle down to the belief that it was to be this year well when i was driving into town that morning i says to myself david you haven't got a single reason that you could tell out to anybody but mother but you know you believe that the child will need traveling money and some extra dress money this very next fall and you better be planning about it and i went at it and the more i planned the surer i felt that it was to be needed this year and when i took that letter out of the office and knew the handwriting i spoke right out before i thought and said that letter belongs the postmaster stared at me as though he thought i might have gone foolish and he says yes nobody denies that it belongs to you it is david ransom plain enough and uncommon fine writing too i didn't explain to him what i meant but can't you see daughter how providence was fitting things together and getting me ready to take them in can't my little girl trust heavenly father by september faith had blossomed into sight the child was gone and the little wind-swept farm was lonesome thoughtful daughter though theirs was old beyond her years in her care for those two who were her world yet it is doubtful if she realized the magnitude of the sacrifice that had been made for her by those more than middle-aged people there were days when each tried to bear the burden alone being secretly too sorry each for the other to deepen the loneliness with words there were days when it seemed to each as though the sacrifice were almost too costly for the other to bear four years without her undoubtedly it was a wise arrangement of providence 
that the children rarely if ever understand to the full the sacrifices made for them by father and mother else for very pity they must shrink from the cost and so lose opportunities it had not been easy for david and margaret ransom to plan for the extra expenses in the mere matters of dress and personal comfort their quiet sacrifices were such as the girl would not have endured had she fully understood but what were such sacrifices compared with the long lonely hours when the house and the yard yes even the garden gay though it was with autumn flowers seemed clothed in desolation they had not known those two that they could miss her so yet every morning at their family altar david and margaret ransom thanked god for the signal way in which he had led them to the fulfilment of their hopes and every evening when they commended the child to the heavenly father's keeping an exalted strain of gratitude mingled with the prayer moreover every letter that went to the college girl from the home and they went as regularly as the tuesday morning sun arose was filled to the brim with thankfulness and good cheer miss hannah stearns sat in her large parlor alone harlan and the club and all the life that had belonged with those names had been long gone from the room yet it was kept in such shape that the boys might have been coming in any evening to hold a debate and eat tea-cakes and other dainties miss hannah told no one how she missed the boys though miranda guessed it those two maiden women with mother hearts understood each other remarkably well and had long ago grown necessary to each other's comfort miranda's prophecy that miss hannah was being made over had extended no farther than to harlan and the boys to all others she had remained the same cold hard unapproachable miss stearns with her early peculiarities of dress and manner accentuated by the years she had almost no society although what might perhaps be called her business acquaintance with the town and county was as extensive and her business abilities as keen as they ever had been she accepted no social invitations and because of this had for years received none nor was she ever included any more even on the most formal calling list the town had at last fallen into the habits which she herself had cultivated and she occupied in this social and democratic country the unusual position of a middle-aged intelligent woman of wealth and leisure who was respected by everybody and intimate with no one her boy harlan had more than fulfilled the promise of his high school days he had made no difficulty of winning first prizes including the famous one for the senior debate his own club having been so sure he would win and so altogether proud of him as to leave no room for the petty jealousies that miss hannah had foretold long before high school work was over it had been settled not only that harlan was to go to college but which college he was to honor with his presence miss hannah had made a heroic resolve to leave the choice to him within certain limits and no one but miranda knew how glad she was over the fact that the college located in the city near at hand gradually took such proportions in his eyes as to shut out other views 
if harlan had gone a thousand or even five hundred miles away as seemed at one time probable miranda often wondered how miss hannah could have borne it this wonderment she kept strictly to herself or at least to herself and jonas the hired man but to talk to him miranda said was just the same as thinking because he never said anything in reply she was thankful that they did not need to learn how miss hannah would have borne long absences harlan came home nearly every week and he had been known when occasion seemed to call for it to come in the middle of the week didn't he come down on tuesday night after being there all day sunday just because he remembered that it was miss hannah's birthday foolish boy she had said to him when he kissed her and laid a bouquet of choicest roses in her lap midwinter though it was as he said many happy returns aunt hannah foolish boy to waste your time and your roses on an old woman like me but her face had shone with a happy light and no roses were ever cared for more tenderly than those harlan's homecomings no matter how frequent were events at the farm they were never quite certain when he would appear so there was always the pleasant excitement of saying harlan may be out tonight and of preparing his favorite dishes in view of the possibilities the first night he came home from college having spent nearly two weeks away marked an epoch in miss stearns's life for years she had been training herself for the time when harlan would be too old to kiss her she had expected it when he entered high school and behold the kisses had been as frequent and as hearty as before but when the break in their life actually came and the boy besides being nearly six feet tall and proportionately broad-shouldered was in very deed a college student a man among men then of course she must expect and miss hannah expected and nerved herself to it and lo he kissed her after the old wild fashion of his boyhood on her cheeks on her chin on her gray hair a torrent of kisses miss hannah would have died sooner than let any one know that she lay awake that night to cry happy tears over those kisses but miranda suspected it before he had completed his college course it became known in the neighborhood that harlan kingsbury was going to keep right on studying and be a minister long before this date however the neighborhood had accepted the young man and prepared to be proud of him he was undeniably smart as they phrased it he was a first-rate fellow said the young people and real nice and jolly said the children the mothers who almost to a unit had gone over to his side gratefully voted him as good as gold among them were certain mothers whose young sons had found in harlan kingsbury a strong friend safe to copy and been tided by him safely through certain dangerous shoals as for the men of the neighborhood they agreed that young kingsbury was a fine fellow of whom miss hannah had a right to be proud nevertheless it was true that some of the hard-working farmers of the neighborhood thought that three more years of study added to all the rest before the young man could begin to earn money was rather a foolish proceeding seems a pretty big waste of time don't it 
one old farmer asked miss hannah although he was quoted as one of the wealthiest farmers in the wealthy neighborhood it was his boast that his own three boys had been earning money before they were sixteen how many years is it anyhow five and four are nine and three are well about a dozen of the best years of his life a-poring over books seems as though they'd ought to know before that time how to do what they'll have to do don't it miss stearns considered him beneath argument but she replied caustically that that seemed to be the way they made ministers and other leaders of the people in these days and if they could stand it she could and so after striding boldly and triumphantly through the questioning years and silencing all her critics miss hannah had reached that morning when she sat alone in her large parlor with an open letter in her hand and a look on her face that despite its many wrinkles and the fierce little knot of gray hair on the top of her head would have carried one who had known her well back to the days when there were no wrinkles and the hair was a rich golden brown something had moved her thoughts backward through the years to the time when though she had dressed plainly there had been about her a certain style and manner which had made people speak of her as a very fine-looking woman End of chapter 21